This hoe says, can I take a selfie with it? Girl, I lost my shit. You mean to tell me you are risking life and limb for this girl, knowing that people are trying to kill her for this thing, and you want to take a selfie with it? And it was supposed to be funny, and I was, oh my God. I was just like, I can't. I can't with this book anymore. I just can't. Welcome to the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Ashley and Dawn. We rate and review the newest and most buzzworthy books. We are true book club girls who don't always agree, but do enjoy a good book discussion. I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. And I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. Grab your favorite beverage and come and enjoy our universe. Hey guys, welcome to 2021 with the Novel Universe with your hosts, Ashley and Dawn. Today we are going to be discussing Laura by Alexandra Bracken and we hope you guys have read this book if you have not read this book we are going to do our episode in two segments the first part is going to be spoiler free and the second part is going to be filled with spoilers and we will let you know in the show notes when you need to hop out of here so then that way we don't spoil the book for you but here we go Mm-hmm. All right, so Lore by Alexandra Bracken. <laughs> highly, highly um, anticipated. Oh my gosh, yes. It, this book has been all over the place. <laughs> I actually have seen this a lot, a lot, a lot. It's getting a lot of hype. So, of course, you know Don and I. We want to make sure we're giving you guys the best reviews as we possibly can. So, without further ado, Lore. <clears throat> So, every seven years, the Aegon begins. It is a created punishment by Zeus for past rebellion with the other gods. So, the other gods tried to rebel against Zeus, and so Zeus is, like, not having it. So, now, every seven years, there is an event called the Aegon where all nine Greek gods are forced to walk the earth as mortals for seven days, all while being hunted by the descendants of ancient Greek heroes, like bloodlines. So um, Perseus, Hercules, you name it, Odysseus, they're all in there because they're not Greek gods per se, but they are definitely of the Greek ancient bloodlines. Um, So if a god is killed during Aegon, the hunter who kills them gets to have their powers and possess their immortality and thus become a new god, or they get to pick their name, I guess. it's You'd be surprised at the names that some of these gods pick. But uh, we follow our character, Melora. Um, Melora is of uh, the Perseus line, and she is struggling to find out what her place is amongst this world of gods and hunters. After experiencing tragedy in her own personal life, she is forced to reconcile that and either choose to fight for what is right or to seek revenge and bloodlust. Dun, dun, dun. Lore, everybody. So, Don, what did you rate this book? I gave this book a big old two. And I'm being generous with that, too. Yeah. What about you? Okay. 
I think you're gonna be you're gonna be happy with this. Uh oh. Two point five. Two point five. Point five. I was like, I cannot give this book a three. There were so many things that happened that I was like, what in the world is happening? Like so it was so oh, preaching to the choir because there were so many times this book where I was just like what what like just that's exactly my expression several times yep oh my gosh a hundred times I, I literally like was shouting it out loud and my husband was like what is going on there's things happening and they don't make sense and I don't understand why it's why it's still happening it's still going like yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I know there's going to be a lot of people who love, love, love this book. And they're going to be like whooping it up on on the old book tubes. And I'm glad that you loved it. But oh, boy. No. Here is what I will say for this book. This book is definitely for younger teens I feel like younger teens are really going to gravitate towards this book and be like oh yeah it's awesome woohoo and those of us that have read multiple novels and series and all this other stuff are going to be like what the heck just happened like it was just so disorganized yes so disorganized so um my first thing that I did not like about this book was the fact that it was too long way too long like there like was, 75 pages there were too, too long. many pages too many pages i felt like um the plot was lulling in certain parts where it was like supposed to be action-packed and you're like boom 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 all this is happening and then it's like now we're still just in this constant of waiting for it to keep happening but i don't know it yeah, and you're agreeing with me, which is why I'm like <laughs> Yeah, like it starts off, It there's no like l- slow lead up. Like it starts off on chapter two. It's on and popping by chapter two. Mm-hmm. But at some point they're looking for this, what is it, the ages, the ages? They're looking for this thing and it takes so long for them to find this thing. And I'm like, it was like the Goblet of Fire. It took so long to get there yes like we were in this trial of event of life or death and we're still trudging through the first phase Mm -hmm. to get to phase number four i that's just how i felt (laughs) yeah it was way too long did you uh have another point that you wanted to say that you didn't like i have two pages of dislikes so hold on to your butts uh, <laughs> uh, I'll save my major dislike for the for the last one, but I felt like speaking of too long, I felt like Bracken sacrifices character development for plot, and so we have several characters, and most of them are not developed. Miles, in particular, is he's the best friend, but this guy he's immortal. He doesn't know anything about the Greek gods are like here and they're fighting. He knows nothing until something happens quite traumatically on his front step. And then he is just all he's all for it. He's like, yeah, let's go. Let's fight. I'm like, 
okay, I know he's your best friend, but you're going to risk your life for this girl you've known for two years, three years, maybe not even. And she doesn't build their relationship at all. She doesn't build it up from the start. She doesn't build it up through flashbacks or memories or anything. And so I have a hard time believing that he's going to risk his life for her. And I know why she put him in this story. I'm not going to say this is a spoiler, but because this book is formulaic, which is another dislike. This book is so formulaic. I saw it coming a mile away. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, Caster is mm-hmm. also not developed. He's the main love interest. Athena is not developed, or Iroh. She's kind of in the story, but none of these characters are developed at all. Yeah, that was like my second point that I did not like is that these characters are not ones that you can relate to. I felt very disconnected with what was happening to the main character. Or, and then everybody else, I was like, so they just showed up. We know nothing about them. And the way that the story is presented, we're living in present day. And then Bracken sprinkles in these little flashbacks because it's a standalone book, you guys. This is not a series. This is not going to continue. So she's trying to cram all Thank of this God. stuff into one book. And because of that, she utilizes the flashbacks which I'm okay with I'm okay with being taken out of like present day where I'm at to figure out what was happening and why things are happening and that's how you use for character development but that did not happen and it felt very disconnected and yeah I just I I think the only character I liked in this book was Athena because I felt like I had the most from her and that was it I know nothing about the other characters that are supposed to be the supporting roles in this whole entire story. Iroh, Evander, yeah. Miles. Yeah, about Evander. Hermes. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, Artemis just pops in here. If you don't know who Artemis is, you need to look up your Greek mythology because this book is not going to help you. And that is another dislike. It's not a dislike. It's a nitpick. If you are not, if you have no background of Greek mythology, which I do not, I have never read any Percy Jackson. I was not into Greek mythology or Roman mythology growing up or as an adult. I know nothing. All I know is Zeus is the main guy and there's, I can tell you, like if someone says, if someone is named Apollo, like some, cause I think there was a kid I went to school with, his name was Apollo. I was like, oh yeah, well that's a Greek God. That's a, I don't know what Apollo is. I don't know what his power was. I don't know who his daddy is. I don't know anything. And so if that's you, you're not going to get it. She's assuming that you have some background knowledge, and that's fine. That's not. That's why I make it a nitpick. It's fine. However, it does kind of impact the plot a little bit for me. It did for me anyway, because at one point, Lore is like basically berating Athena for all of her misdeeds, and I'm like, damn, she did all that? Oh my god, I had no idea. I have no idea. Apollo is a huge character in this book. I have no idea about Apollo and why he's so great. And that was a problem. We'll get to that in the spoiler. That was a huge problem for me. So I did read it on a Kindle, uh-huh. thank goodness, so I could like tap on their name and quickly look them up. But if you have zero background knowledge of Greek mythology, good luck. You're going to be lost. Don't don't use it to write your English literature paper. That, that's all I have to say. Like, <laughs> when you're doing all that. Um... Yeah, so 
Let's see. I struggled with Lore's motive in particular because Lore is a product of a whole bunch of disastrous things have happened in her family line, right? Like, she's the last of her family line, um, supposed to carry on this name, and her whole entire life she's been taught to, you know, to be victorious, to be the one seeking glory and bringing honor to your household. But Lore has an anger problem. Lore also has a bloodlust problem. So there's just, there's so many different things about Lore in particular that I just did not I did not enjoy. I didn't feel connected to her. I felt that her motive was very skewed. It was either one way or the other. There was no direct way as to where she was reaching. And yeah, how it how it ends, I'm not entirely sure that I agree with that either. Because it's, you know. I don't even think I remember the ending. Not- and I finished this book three days ago. I literally have forgotten how this book ended. That's how much I didn't like it because I just wanted to get it out. I just wanted to make space for other stuff and to just get this out of my brain space. I have, uh, okay, this is just a really quick one. It's not funny. It was supposed to be quippy and funny and I, I never laughed. If you're not a humor writer, don't try to be one. Bracken. That's all I'll say about that. There was some dry humor in this book. And not dry in a good way. I was like, that wasn't... Are we supposed to giggle? (laughs) Because I'm not giggling. My biggest thing that I had an issue with in this book is this did not need to be a romantic novel line at all. There did not need to be any romantic things happening at all it wasn't needed why did it why why that's I'm not gonna say much more on it because we can get to it all in the spoiler but I very much so remember reading lines that I was like this is supposed to be a pickup line this is supposed to be life-changing and it's in the weirdest place in a story like there I wonder do you know what I'm talking I wonder, does it come towards the end? Yes. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wrote in my Kindle, if this was in a different book, this line would have been great. But in this book, mm-hmm. it was shit. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking because about. You, yeah, because you're you're like pining for uh, these two to get together. You're like, oh, it's going to be so nice or whatever. But the way that Bracken sets them up... There's no setup. It just all of a sudden happens. And I was like, I could have been okay with them just being friends the whole rest of the story. There didn't need to be any sort of love story mixed into this at all. It's too much. Like, that was another one of my biggest pet peeves with this book. There was so much happening in a supposed standalone book. Mm Mm-hmm. You could, she could have easily made this into a duology for crying out loud, or, or even a trilogy if you wanted. It would have been way better because she's trying to cram all the stuff in here to us, and oh. it doesn't make sense. There's no development. It's just plot dump, plot dump. Okay, I hit that over there. Okay, and I did this over here. Or she could have just the edited. only thing she had going. She could have just done the edit. She could have just been an, had an editor to tell her to cut that out. 
because it's unnecessary. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Check out a lot out. Yeah. Oh yeah, well no, I'll I'll save that. Okay. I'll save it. What else did you not like? <laughs> um, I got I still got a whole page. Let's see. Uh okay, this one was kind of funny for me. And and I'll get into this more about I think that Alexandra Bracken doesn't know the type of writer she is. I think she needs to figure out what type of a writer she is and to go with it. So at one point she's trying to be this insightful quotey writer, but she's not. And she has these quotes that are ridiculous and I have a couple here they are the braver thing is to accept help when you've been made to believe you shouldn't need it in other words all she had to do was say please ask for help she's trying to rewrite that very simple phrase to try and make it insightful and it just comes across as inauthentic and I'm going to say that word a lot and another one was all that you might become if you embrace who you are and not who he wishes you to be. Just trying so hard to be this beautiful writer. You're not. She's a plot writer. Write your plot and stop trying to be something that you're not. I hated that. I felt like her writing was incredibly uneven. And you were kind of talking about this. And I'm going to just give one little example and I'll get into it more in the spoiler edition. But there's a moment between Athena and Lore. And this is the growth moment. This is where the chickens come to roost moment. And they're talking. And Athena is basically telling Lore that her love interest, Castor, is trying to make her something that she's not. And that was my previous quote that I read. But... At no time do we see that happen. We never see or, or are shown Castor trying to make Lore be something she's not. She like this is supposed to be the growth moment for Lore that Brecken has written. But she doesn't set it up. Just like you said, she doesn't set up the love interest. She doesn't set up this huge moment. And so to me, it seems like she's trying to be a writer that she's not. She's trying to be this huge sweeping writer and she's just not. And it's not working. And did you have other dislikes? Because I have my big one. I haven't gotten to my big one. I do. Go ahead. Actually. Oh, please, please do. <laughs> another, another. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is set in the city of, of New York. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. I want to know mm -hmm. how in the blazing peeps has nobody noticed a dramatic decline in population every seven years due to catastrophic events and blood slaughter. The city has no freaking idea the Aegon is happening. Yeah. The what? Yeah. Do you not count all of the millions of dead bodies? Like, what? So I think I think Bracken tried to remedy this by saying that it happens in a different city every seven years. So what? You mean to tell me the world has not seen the pattern of every seven years in a major city? There are floods and earthquakes. New York City had a city-wide power outage and nobody said boo uh -huh. really no. i'm supposed to buy that 
No. And I think it happened in New York City two years in a row, right? Wasn't it in New York City seven years ago? Yeah. Yeah, because her... Because Lore even references, like, when it's leading up to it, please pick a different city. Please let it be in a different city this year. Please let it not be here this year. Yeah. Okay. This has been going on for years, and nobody has said, hmm, it's that seven-year anniversary of all those earthquakes and floods. What what's happening maybe someone should look into that no nope or you know let's just use um covid for example that would be like the world turned a blind eye to covid19 happening all like (laughs) every seven years covid happens and nobody pays attention i don't think so that's not a thing (laughs) I, i can't it was so bad. What was your? What is your big one? Another little nitpick was there. There were too many New York City locations. I, I was like, okay, this is getting this is getting ridiculous. But here's my big one, and this kind of goes along with the uh, she's not the writer she thinks she is. This book, mm-hmm. this writing is incredibly inauthentic. Um, okay, so one of the major themes in this book is gender inequality or me too or female empowerment and this is a very important theme that needs to be handled correctly but in this book it comes across as gimmick and it almost comes across as check box checking and I am not going to say that Alexandra Bracken does not care about gender inequality I I'm I know that's not she's a woman or even if she wasn't she's a human I know that's not the case however the way this book is written it comes across that way mm-hmm. this theme is it's this theme is too big for her she's not a thematic writer and she shouldn't try to be because like I said it's coming across as inauthentic because the way she writes it is incredibly elementary it's very surface level like for example at the beginning of the book Laura is a boxer and she's boxing this guy and he's just like he's just he grabs her and kisses her baby yeah grabs her and kisses her and then she punches him and beats him and everything and then there's another moment Mm -hmm. where there's these little girls and they are being groomed to be muses or something and the older guy i mean they're like nine years old and there's this old girl's god and he's or a man and he's just like you're just you're just a prisoner you're just a lowly woman um i don't know how many times people were calling her all kinds of bitches all the men were calling her all kinds of bitches it's that surface level um fem or um gender inequality me too writing and then bam sexual assault what you can't put a sexual assault in a book like this when you're not going to do anything with it which she doesn't it happens we don't see any growth from the main character she doesn't reference it at all it happens it's in the book and then it's it's gone and that to me is just like i'm just doing this for shock value no that's unacceptable and this is why i gave this book such a low score because she's mishandling this incredibly sensitive topic and i wanted to give an example of a book that did it correctly which is ninth house and i chose ninth house because a lot of people have read it and it's got paranormal and it's but it's got this huge theme 
where our main character, Alex, has gone through some huge traumatic events in her very short life. But we see her come full circle and become a person who is able to live with what's happened and accept who she is. And at the same time, helping other women who have also been used and abused. It's done very well. And I feel like Alexandra Bracken was trying to do that, but it just missed on so many levels. And like you said, this book is good for an early teen, but that sexual assault needs to be handled better if you're going to give this to an early any teen. It, it's just not handled at mm-hmm. all. The sexual, yeah. the the um, the gender inequality and all the like bitches and all that stuff, that stuff is so surface level that makes it appropriate for a middle grade kid or like a 14 year old because they're not going to be challenged by that. There's no, it's just like, well, duh, of course you don't call women bitches. Well, oh my God, he shouldn't have kissed her without consent. It's like, we've moved past that. You need to write a little bit deeper than that. And we don't get that here. And that pissed me off because this is a very important theme. If she had it just stuck to like found family or friendship, great. I probably would have given it a three. But because of that, no. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I agree with you 100%. There were two, she was doing too much. She was trying to add too many things. And the sensitivity of this topic in general, it should not be so vague where it's just a blip on the page and we've moved past it. Because what are you teaching people who are reading this book? That it's okay to move past it and act like it didn't happen. If this is a... a if this is supposed to be a pivotal point in Laura's life, mm-hmm. directing her to move towards this goal of revenge against the God of wrath, like, yeah. okay, show me that. Obviously, what happened is massive. Massive. She's, and we can talk about this more in the spoiler as to how it was set up. And if that would have happened if I would have sensed this coming from Laura like we just read um Invisible Life of Addie LaRue I mean there are certain things that you know have happened to Addie LaRue and we aren't even told what they are yet because she's giving off this persona that this is how she's come to be who she is right now and we're like okay obviously she's been in you know sexually assaulted well let's talk about that like but you know that she is. You don't have to lay it out to me that this event happened and now here we are with Lore. Okay, well, what became of Lore because of that? There's no reasoning. It's just a checkbox. It's just like having, you know, like, oh, well, I have diversity in my book because yeah. my one of my characters is Korean and the other one's black and the other one's white. Done. Yeah. Okay, whatever you want. Yeah. That's just how it felt. And with something this big, a topic this huge, you cannot do that. Yeah. You can't. And the thing is, is that that could have been taken out of there. And it wouldn't have impacted the story at all. It wouldn't have made a difference. No. And that's a problem. That's the big problem right there. That's what you said is exact. If she had taken that sexual assault out of the book, it wouldn't have made a difference. Mm Mm-hmm. It doesn't add anything. Nope. And it doesn't take away anything. Nope. But nothing happens. It's still the same. Uh, so 
with this book, you guys, there are a few trigger warnings that we want you to know about. Obviously, there is some sexual assault, attempted rape that happens. There is also an extreme amount of violence and gore. If you do not like gore, if you don't like hearing about people's guts falling out, heads being severed, you might want to just boot it out. <laughs> just, just a little bit. You know, you might not want to. So be forewarned. You are in the middle of the Aegon, okay? The Aegon. <laughs> oh, okay, so what things did we like, Don? I just like the what cover. Like? I just like the cover. I didn't like anything else. That's amazing. Um, <laughs> I applauded the fact that Bracken wrote a standalone book because if I had to read one more series <laughs> of us, like, set me up with this giant plot and having to wait the next year until I got it, I would have been like, crap. Another book I got to hang on to here however it was not done well but it was still standalone <laughs> um i did have one more i did like the fact that she tried to incorporate this whole idea of greek mythology into the book the fact that the other god tried to rebel against zeus because they were sick and tired of him making all the rules and he was like well heck no guys if you forgot I'm all powerful and almighty. I'm your daddy. No, that's not happening. So now you're going to have to do all these things every seven years. I did like that. And I like the fact that the gods could be killed. So. Okay. Cool. That is all I have. And because I have no background of Greek mythology, I can't say that I like that because I, you know what I mean? I, I mm-hmm. just can't. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. No. Yep. That's all I, I got. And I and I did because I'm fascinated. So. Before we get to the spoiler edition, please check out the Prince Kai Fan Podcast. Hi, I'm Bethany Finger, the host of Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer Book Club podcast. Join me every week during my read along journey through all of the books by author Marissa Meyer, one chapter at a time, spoiler free. Each episode will feature a different guest, new fan art, and laughter and joy through reading. You can find Prince Kai Fan Pod on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and all other listening platforms. And now, back to the show. All right, guys. Well, we're going to enter into the spoiler section. And if you don't want to be spoiled, you might want to jump out now. And we'll start it in five, four, three, two, one. <sighs> okay. I don't know. What do we want to start with? What do you want to start with? Um, we can start with the fact that the book was too long. We can kind of go into that a little bit more if you want. I don't have anything on that. <laughs> I mean... <gasps> You can if you want to say something. I don't have anything. Yeah, no, my thing was that I just felt like we were in the middle of fighting for so long and there was no setup to the fact that we were in the midst of this fight for exactly seven days. And the seven days felt like they were weeks for each of the days. I was like, wow, that's a lot that they've accomplished and we're still, it's only been day two. 
two of the Aegon. Tomorrow will be day three, <gasps> and we still don't have the shield that we're looking for. I didn't even realize oh it was seven goodness. days. That's that's how much I was just like checked out. <laughs> I didn't even realize it was only uh, a seven day battle. Uh, oh my god. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we can also talk about the fact that this Laura was set up to be this amazing, all-powerful, kick-butt girl, you know. She's she's going to be the savior. She's going to make the right choice. You know, she's going to protect her family's bloodline and yada, yada, yada. And, yeah. It was not, it was not good. Yeah, okay, so along those lines, so what I was talking about with Athena and her, Athena and Lore are having this pivotal moment about Castor. I guess at some point, Castor says, you know, this killing isn't you. And she's just kind of like, mm-hmm. I kind of like war. They had maybe one conversation, and all of a sudden, Athena has turned it into this, he's trying to control you, girl. And I'm like, okay, A, that wasn't set up, and B, they only had one conversation, and it wasn't even a big deal. So, then... Yeah. Okay, so, and this is, this, is, this is my big what moment, was after Athena and Lore have this conversation... Castor comes along, I don't know, it's a couple chapters later, and Castor is, he doesn't, he doesn't understand how he killed Apollo, and he's trying to tell everybody, I didn't kill him, I woke up, and I'm all of a sudden this god, and Athena's like, you're full of shit, and then Castor's like, no, I'm not, uh, Lord, do you believe me? And she was kind of like, well, Athena has a good point, and then they kind of, he gets really huffy, and he goes off, because he's pissed, because she doesn't believe him then I swear like maybe I don't know how I don't know maybe 50 pages later or so it caster and uh he saves lore from some drainage I don't know and he goes I just want to be worthy of you and then she says and I quote you have nothing to prove to me why would you think that bitch you just sided with Athena like 20 pages ago that's yep. why it, this is the type of writing I'm talking about. It's so uneven. It makes no sense. It was like Bracken was just trying to have these huge moments of love and and like just just these huge moments, but she doesn't set anything up. And I'm waiting for Castor to be like, um, just 20 pages ago, you were siding with Athena. That's why I need to prove myself to you. No, he never says it. He's then he goes into this quote, which I think you are talking about. Is this the one? Do you want to read it since you brought it up? How how I breathe. I was meant to breathe and dream and be in love with you or whatever it was. Yeah, it goes. Um, let me find it because I wrote <laughs> I was like, is she kidding me with this? Three okay. things in this world. Is I was that one. Yeah, I was born knowing how to do three things: how to breathe, how to dream, and how to love you. Okay. Oh, gag okay. me. Then that's a, that's a that's a great line in any other book, but this one, in any other well, book. Let me just tell you, if that would have happened in any of my Moss books, I would have been like, oh my god, yeah. she loves her so much. Exactly. Like, but this romance pissed me off. I was excuse my clapping because I'm so angry. <laughs> <laughs> we first see Caster 
in a boxing ring, right? She hasn't seen him in seven years, hasn't heard from him, doesn't even know if he's still living because, oh, homeboy was super ill, like, when they were little, and she had no idea if he made it through the night or whatever, and he's like, I don't know who I'm supposed to trust, but you're the only person that's been on my side, and I'm thinking to myself, where did this guy come from? Okay, so I'm expecting us to get more of that. And then she's following him to the Achilles house and spying on him the way that they used to. And he's still acting like, what are you doing here? But yet he told her to come there. And it's it's obvious that they are in love with each other, right? I mean, you can see it. Obviously, they have a thing for each other. I knew it was going to happen. But... Caster always held Lore, or she always held Caster at an arm's length distance is what I felt like. He was always trying to be extra close to her. Obviously, he's trying to heal her at every step of the way. He's trying to be there for her. And she's like, okay, see you later. I'm moving on over here. And then she kisses him randomly out of nowhere because she blames it on her stress that it's just been a very high-stressed thing that they're having to find this Aegis shield and that her body is tied to Athena now because she made a deal with her and, like, all this stress of everything happening. And then they just kiss, and she's like, what did I do? I don't know. Yeah, and then they just move on like nothing happened. And then it happens again, and you can see that he's upset that she's not loving on him the way that he wants her to. And then he halfway dies and then he comes back, which I don't know how that happened. Can we just talk about that? Yeah. He was shot. I, I don't. Okay. He so died. I was confused through the whole thing. I'm like, even, even when she's crept into this, this house of Achilles or whatever his name is, and he's crowned Apollo and clearly it's a huge moment. But I was like, oh, that was a huge moment. I didn't know that it was supposed to be. And I don't know if it's because I missed something or if it wasn't set up that Apollo, killing Apollo is a huge deal. And that's where I was like, maybe it's my my lack of knowledge of Greek mythology and I don't know how important Apollo is. And that's why it's like a huge deal. But I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't like, oh my God, he's Apollo. Like I felt like I was supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and the thing is, too, is that Castor's power was not the same amount as Apollo's. Like, it wasn't as extreme as Apollo's was. It was, like, little spurts here and there. And he kept saying, like, I'm so confused because I woke up and now I have this power and God's there anymore. I don't remember killing him. Um, was it a fluke? Did something happen? I was so confused. I was like, okay, so how does this power get transferred then? If you don't remember, did half of it transfer? Did he like sneeze on you and bless you? I don't know. Like, was that ever what's happening? Was that ever decided how he killed cat? How he killed Apollo? Did we ever find that out? Yes. And so that's how this whole idea with Athena. Then doing the same thing with lore, because once a god's life is given, when they give it freely for the other person, or yeah, for the mortal 
or whatever, like they're able to ascend, meaning they don't just keep passing from person to person or whatever it is. They're able to die as they are. And there you go. Okay. But I was so confused until the ending. I was like, what? <laughs> Girl, I had given up by then. I just we- didn't care. <sighs> I figured you probably like skipped over that part because you're like, this ain't important. You just go. <laughs> I don't think I skipped it. I remember reading that, but I just didn't care anymore. So I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't taking in the knowledge. I was just reading words because I had already made up my mind. But it was the ending didn't mean the ending wasn't going to change my mind. So I'm not going to pay attention. That's how I felt. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just. It's so confusing because they make it into this big whole thing, um, you know, and Lore has been lied to by a whole bunch of people. Of course she has, because life. this book is formulaic. You know, the main character is always being lied to. Always. She doesn't know who she can trust. You even see her siding with, you know, the wrong side because they've made it more appealing to her. This is just a cycle that keeps happening. Um, the whole Hermes thing, by the way, nobody could find Hermes. And I was like, what's the big deal? He's the messenger, like, of Zeus. That's what he is, right? He's the guy that looks like Cupid on the Hercules one. <laughs> Girl, I didn't see that. So, yes. So, no, Hermes is... Um, I'll even pull him up, you guys. He is a god of trade, wealth, luck, fertility, um, sleep, language, thieves, and travel. So we find that Herbie's has disguised himself as an old man. That was the old man that Lord was taking care of. The only person who she was like, uh, uh, he is relatable. He's loved me for me, even though he doesn't know my past of being trained up as the hunter and all this stuff and lo and behold she's been tricked by the gods and they've been living under her roof and they've already uh, orchestrated this enormous murder of her whole family it wasn't the god of wrath who who is uh, one of the new gods no it's one of the ancient gods that knew that they could get to her that way because she had the shield yeah, I wasn't shocked that right I, I wasn't shocked that Gil wasn't who he said he was because this book is formulaic, and that the thing that she wore around her necklace is important because this book is formulaic. Like it. So when it was when it was determined that it was Hermes, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes sense. I wasn't shocked. Didn't see it coming. Didn't see it coming, but I wasn't happy with how it was played out. That's what like what a lot of things happen in this book is that. There were certain moments where Bracken surprised me, but I didn't fully experience the surprise because it wasn't set up and it was poorly written. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All over the place. Yeah. And so what should have been the big, mighty reveal wasn't, you know, and even the bad characters, okay, let's or the villains, I just call them bad characters like we're in se- like seven years old. The villains of... <laughs> You know, Wrath and Athena and their big whole fight, I was like, okay, you know he's going to die. You know it's going to happen. It's yeah. fine. Like, I, I already checked out. Like, I, I wasn't emotionally invested in that. No. 
I wasn't happy that Athena willingly saved Lore, the goddess of wisdom and war. I mean, come on. I I didn't real so I'm reading this book and I'm like oh could commit is it Kadimis Kadimides 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 and Wrath is the same person uh, right Kadimides is the house line and Wrath is the new god but they're the same person mm, sure so Wrath killed Kadimides. <laughs> You don't know. See, I don't yeah. either. No, Wrath killed Ketamides. So they're the same person. Are they? <laughs> Just like Castor and Apollo are the same person, right? No, because they're completely different now. They had the powers, but they're not the same people. I was confused. I thought they were the same person. That I didn't think they were the same person. That I thought they were the same person. I was so lost. I just, I was just like, eh, well, it'll suss itself out, and it never did. I thought they were the same person. <laughs> oh my goodness! Oh my gosh! I really did like Athena's character. To be fair, Athena was. I mean, she's the goddess of wisdom and war. You know, like she is out and ready to save the civilians like her heart was always with them which we saw that in her character and how she was like trying to save these you know civilians that are just products of the war between gods and I knew that she was going to have a hidden agenda and you're like all right so when's it gonna pop out you know when are we gonna see it I did not realize that Athena's hidden agenda went into the fact that like she had killed Lore's parents and her sisters in hopes to get to Lore to be able to get this shield. And the shield that we keep talking about is what was supposed to be the key to destroy the fact that the Aeon kept repeating itself every seven years. And then we learned that, oh, well, Zeus wouldn't want you to fight like this. He wouldn't want you to be totally to revenge and glory and no one's going to be remembering your name if they don't carry it on in some way blah 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 (laughs) um another issue that I had go ahead sorry an issue I had with this book in particular was the fact that like (sighs) we had talked about the fact that the characters are very underdeveloped there are certain characters that we are presented with and they don't add to the story. This whole Iroh chick, I, I, I could care less about her. And unfortunately, like it felt like she was to be a key piece in this. Iroh was a part of her past. Let's mm-hmm. talk about that. You lived with them for a few years before you decided, I don't want to do this anymore. Um, Evander, what's his story other than he's stuck in a love triangle because he's in love with her best friend, but his best friend doesn't love him like that. Like they're more brother. You know what I'm saying? He's, he's there. He's there to be the. He's there for the the queer check. He's there for Miles, and Miles yeah. is there for the queer check. That's yeah. it. That's that's it. And it's sad. It's so sad though because. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just, there were a lot of good uh, starts 
good ideas for this book to be amazing. The cover is phenomenal, hence why Dawn and I read it, because we're like, wow, look at that. Um, But as I'm remembering more and more, Bracken writes really good plot books. Don't throw in all of these themes, all these other characters, and this romance, and these love interesting things, because it doesn't work. You write worlds very well. I was was sucked into this book by chapter two. You know, like, I'm in. You know, we're fast-paced, we're moving, and we're grooving. Um, I want to talk about this one part. I know, sorry guys, we're like a little bit all over the place with like how we feel about this book. But my, one of my big issues was this whole idea of the fact that women cannot become new gods. Women were not allowed to gain immortality and power. So they would fight the fight, but the Agar, no, that's a different book. (laughs) The head guys of, of the house's names, do you know what I'm talking about? The Achilles? I don't know. Sure. Sure. We'll just call them that. (laughs) (laughs) The men who were the heads of these bloodlines at the time, the ones in charge, they would be the ones to take the killing blow of the gods and then become the new gods. It could not be a woman. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's contrived. I didn't like that. Well, no, it's contrived. Because she's forcing this whole, once again, gender equality thing down our throat. And she's not doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, Aphrodite is the goddess of love. How come a dude is becoming Aphrodite? That doesn't make sense to me. Because she's trying to force these, what are these, what are the chauvinist guys? She's just trying to force that down her throat. She's not doing anything with it. <sighs> One thing I wanted yeah. to say about her uneven writing, this is another example of her uneven writing, is, and once again, this is the big the big climax moment when Athena and Lore are like, ew, Caster, you are trying to make me be something that I'm not. And she's like, I'm a warrior. I want to be, uh, I want to be in this war. I, I, he's just like, oh no, killing isn't you. And she's like, um, yeah, it is. I like killing. I want to be the killer. And so then he goes off and then they go in to get something. They're still like on the hunt for the ages or whatever. And uh, Athena, like, I don't know if it was Athena or Lore, they hit a hunter. They hit a hunter and Athena goes, you probably should kill him so he doesn't come back to like try and kill us later. And Athena goes or uh, Lore goes, I think I think there's enough dead bodies for now. I think we've killed enough. Mm-hmm. Bitch, you just said you wanted to be a killer. And then the next chapter, you're like, man, I don't want to be a killer anymore. It's like you just had this argument with this guy who said, you don't want to be this person. And then you were like, um, yes, I do. And then in the next chapter, you say, oh, you know what? I don't. He was right. I don't. I can't. I can't with that, that writing. so angry because I was like, where is this sense of humanity coming from? You have been on this bloodlust and don't care who gets in your way because your whole agenda is to make sure Athena doesn't get her on the shield 
spilled. And so you're trying to manipulate her and manipulate everybody else because you don't want them to know that you know where it is and yada, yada, yada. And Caster's telling you, you're not like this. Um, You haven't seen her in seven years. You don't know what she's like. Seven years changes a person. Death changes a person. Uh, what? And then her to be like, oh, you know what? Maybe I don't want to kill this hunter this time. But it was you just ch- killed a whole bunch of people two pages ago. But it was the chapter to, to, to get into a building. It was the chapter after she told Caster, "I'm a killer," and then the next chapter she's like, "No, I'm not a killer." Yep. That's bad writing, guys. That's terrible. Uh, I would have liked it better if she would have continued with, no, you don't know who I am. Like, yeah. I have to kill. Like, this is a... Yeah, that would have made sense. I'm applauding. I'm not saying killing is a good characteristic. But in this story, it adds to lore. It yeah. adds to her identity. It adds to the fact that we can... Uh, hold her accountable for her actions, right? Yeah. It's like Bracken didn't want to make Lore a murderer or a killer. It's like she's trying to have it two ways. She wants to have this girl who wants to be a warrior and doesn't want a man to tell her she can't be. And But at the same time, she doesn't want her character to have the burden of being a killer. And it's kind of like Harry Potter, and I hate to bring Harry Potter up because of rolling and everything. But in Harry Potter... Harry doesn't actually kill anybody, not even Voldemort when he has the opportunity, because Rowling doesn't want her characters to be killers because that's a horrible burden to carry around. Okay, that's Mm -hmm. fine. But she's had that narrative through the entire book. Harry never kills. He never says the Avada Kedavra curse ever. He never says a killing curse or one of the other curses. He always does the, 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 the wand one where they just, you know, or the stupefy. Expelliarmus. Yeah, that's the or only stupefy, that's the yeah. only curse he does. And in this book, she's trying both. She's trying to have it both ways. She's trying to not have Lore carry around this burden of being a murderer, but at the same time, she wants to be a murderer. No, you need to pick one. If you're gonna have her be Athena, who kills mercilessly, then have her be Athena. That's fine. But do it. Don't you can't you can't have both ways. And it just uneven writing once again oh. just. And the fact that I just, oh my gosh, I, it was so all over the place. It, it was not, not good, you guys. No. I'm sorry you had to run this train wreck with us. I actually have one more we thing. I have one more thing right. that oh, almost get it, get it. made me throw this book out the window, but I was on a Kindle. <laughs> And it's stupid. It's really stupid and minor. But I have to say it. So remember Miles, he's the best friend and he is risking his life for Lore. And he knows that she is looking for the Aegis and that everybody is trying to kill this girl for this shield. And that's that's the only purpose of this book is to find this thing so that somebody else doesn't get it and doesn't get into the wrong hands. They get the damn Aegis. And do you remember what Miles says? This hoe says can I take a selfie with it? Girl, I lost my shit. You mean to tell me you are risking life and limb for this girl, knowing that people are trying to kill her for this thing, and you want to take a selfie with it? And it was supposed to be funny, and I was, oh my God, I was just like, I can't, I can't with this book anymore, I just can't. 
<sighs> because it was too like modernized. That's another problem I had is like these little quotes that people use now. It's not funny. It doesn't add to it. It's almost like, well, you idiot. Of course not. No. It would have been better if he would have said, do you guys think maybe we need to like record this so then that way we know what it looks like if something happens to it again or something? Oh, let me take a selfie. No. Yeah, this was just. And you know what? This book is going to be promoted to death and she's got tours and she's got everybody blurbing her. And, and, and it makes me mad because this is not a good book. And there are so many other books that were overlooked and they didn't get any press or they didn't get top shelf on Barnes and Noble shelf. And and so I just listed a couple that I wanted to share with you all that you should read instead of this one. And with the last two minutes of our podcast, I'm going to do that. And so one of them is There Will Come a Darkness by Katie Rose Poole, Skyward by Brandon Sanderson, The Other Side of the Sky by Megan Spooner and Amy Kaufman, Ray Bearer. I forgot the author's name. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> Woven in Moonlight by, um, oh, shit. What's her name? Ibinez. It Actually, we're reading. Ibinez. Yeah, we're reading book two in our next podcast. But Woven in Moonlight is book one, and it's great. And The Year of the Witching by, I think her last name is Johnson. I should know these authors' names. But these books are far better, and Ashley and I loved most of them, the ones that we read together. And, mm-hmm. yeah. These books deserve way more, way more shelf pub- time. Yes, than this one, than lore. And Sorry. circulation. Yes. Because, yeah. yeah. Sorry, guys. Well, guys, thank you for diving back into the novel universe in 2021 <laughs> with the most exciting reads and debates coming to you live. <laughs> we hope to see you in the next podcast, you guys. We are going to be talking about Written in Starlight. Right? By Isabella Ibinez. Yeah. Next time, we'll see you next podcast. Bye-bye.